When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome once again to another exciting edition of Talking Real Money, the Combo ComboCast. I think we should come up with a new name. We should call them ComboCasts. This is a podcast. This is a video cast. Therefore, it is a combo cast. Hello, everyone. I'm Don McDonald, and I have some sad news. Sad, sad news for you. Uh, I've, I heard earlier today when we recorded this, which is on Tuesday, the, uh, 8th of March, I, I heard some bad news. Uh, this will pretty much be the demise of the two person talking real money format because Tom has refused to participate ever again in the show because he's all upset about Russell Wilson. Okay. And I, as you know, I am. Oh, you're here. Oh, I, oh, you're I will here. Finally. This, I will state this publicly. <laughs> Because I've publicly. done it. I've already said it. I'm a Raider fan, having grown up 10 years yes. in the Bay Area, then transplant to Seattle. So I'm not that. a Seahawk fan, but I am a huge Russell Wilson fan. So I'm the only Seahawk fan talking to a Bronco fan today because that trade, really? I mean, you give up your franchise quarterback and you get back Drew Law. I mean, the guy probably shouldn't big... even be starting at Hey, we share something in Washington. common. So. I'm a big Russell Wilson fan now. <laughs> That's a good point. We got okay. We got a sense of common out. So anyway, good, I mean, I'm happy for the Broncos, I guess, but that and, just made and, the and AFC actually, West you know, that much the, tougher. So the good news is that maybe next year, a little later in the season, you'll be like going. Well, at least I can root for Russell Wilson to win. That's a good point. That's a good. But I, <laughs> the the idea of ever rooting for the Denver Broncos. It's an anathema. I know it is not going to happen. It goes against everything you believe. So many ways. So, (laughs) so yeah, it's a sad day. Honestly, in my heart of hearts, I never thought Russ Wilson would leave Seattle because he fits Seattle. He's been good for Seattle. He is kind of a Seattle place. I'm not saying anything wrong with Denver. I'm just saying he, it kind of worked. So I'm, I'm surprised, but you know, these things happen. Actually, I think uh, in terms of the, the, the environment, the city environment that Seattle and Denver are very, very similar in a lot of ways. I've always, I've I've had a long association with both communities, and uh, are there did is Denver's murder rate up? Their homeless rate is way high, probably, and all okay. Just probably, checking, so probably make sure. Probably Seattle is probably. now now well known since we did make the front page of the Wall Street Journal this week for the mm-hmm. spiking murder cases. I should in beautiful be Seattle. This is it's sad. not funny. It's it's, it's not absolutely funny. horrible. So anyway, it's not funny. so no, I mean I'm I'm but, very unhappy because I enjoyed watching Russ Wilson play the last decade. He's a phenomenal it, player it, and a good person. So if you don't laugh, you cry, Tom. That's a good point. So anyway, enough on that. I mean, right. and, and the market has gone straight as a result of the trade, as you one might expect. <laughs> I mean, this is this is new unexpected new no, it's actually it's way up. But I mean it's unexpected. It is, is it way up it today way on up. Tuesday when yeah. we're recording this? It is. It, but for the moment, it's been zigzagging well, all around. Here, so here's who knows? The, yeah, exactly. I, I was on uh Northwest News Radio this morning. Ah, that's Seattle, right. You were. How'd that go? And uh, it went fine. But one of the questions was, Well, what do you think of this market volatility? And I go, The market's volatile. It's 
supposed to be. I said, that's the price you pay for the expected returns you want to get from the stock market. There has to be a price. Everything has a price. And for stocks, the price is volatility. It is the bouncing around that stocks do. And we're seeing a lot of that right now. And we don't know where the market's going to go. This is one of the most important answers we can give you. And I know you want to ask it. You know, we can just anticipate you're going to ask this question. And the reality is we have no idea. We know it goes up. We know it goes down. And we're relatively confident based on past performance, which is not necessarily indicative of future results, that markets have in the past gone up more than they've gone down, right? And that's true. 75% of the months it's up, seventy about 75% of the years. But here's the thing we also know. We know that people that do something after markets go down end up with less money. We can say that unequivocally. So when you yeah. read stuff that's in the press today, Investors Business Daily, this is a direct quote. During market corrections, investors should be in cash. Did they but tell did me they, two wait, months ago to get out of the when, market? Did, yeah. No, did they tell no. you how you know when to go into cash? Or how you know when to go back in the market? Oh, they, they told you that. that. I read the article. They said, okay, you pardon watch. me. I didn't read it carefully. You watch enough. and you'll know. Well, mm. remember so, what they said, pay attention. Yeah, it does pay say. Pay attention to what? Yeah, exactly. Uh -oh, it does say don't tune really out. <laughs> Sound more like Tom. <laughs> don't don't tune out, it said. So this is absolutely garbage advice. It should not be listened to. Not the podcast. I'm talking about investors' business. You're talking daily. about investors' business. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, these are the kind of bad decisions people make at the time of panic for whatever well, reason. But the, the reality is, for example, uh, Amanda and Greg this morning on on uh, Northwest News Radio asked the question, well, what are you telling people they should do in this scenario? And that really is the big question. Well, what should I do now? And I said, it's not what you should do. It's what you should have done. And that gets to the bottom line of most financial decisions, money decisions, investing decisions. We know this because so many people have called us and asked us this for decades. And that always, the number one question always is, what do I do with my money now? When that is a, the absolute wrong question to ask, because if you had a plan, right? If you did the dour and dreary, as this article calls it, financial planning, boring, Wait a minute, um, they, 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 wait, they, they called it dour and dreary? They did. And mm. I went to school with those two sisters. But I mean, it's a whole other thing. But they talk about that you got to have a plan. You got to have a vision of financial success. Because if you have none of that, if you have no railway, if you have nothing to keep you on the tracks, then you do wake up and say, I should be doing something now. And and you, <laughs> you this is the part of the the bigger part of the problem, Don, because we see this all the time. Yeah, no different but, than what but today. Of what, of what should that plan consist? Well, I mean, this is always the question, right? Depends on where you are in your life. Depends on where you are with your finances. Because if you're 21, 22, just starting your first job, well, then it should consist of short-term money and long-term money, right? Short-term, maybe for a house or housing of some kind, longer-term money for retirement. If you're in your middle ages, then 
you probably already have that house. You got to ramp up your retirement spending. Maybe you got to set something aside for your kid's college. And then at the end of your life, I'd say over 50, you got to have a retirement plan. You got to know here's how much income I'm going to need in retirement. How am I going to finance that? Most people do not. And they wait until the last moment to come up with that plan or something happens in their life. Seeing this up close and personal with uh, my my brother, who I love dearly, who's now going to be facing a very difficult decision in the next couple of days about whether to take an early retirement payout from his employer or not. And he, he says he's emotionally comfortable with either direction. That's good because financially it's going to be harder on him, I think, than he realizes. Have you run the numbers? We've run the numbers and it's close. <laughs> it's not looking The good, good news is we have that little kid's uh, playhouse in the backyard. And, you know, for five or six months a year, that's not a bad place. It's the winter months. It's kind of cold. It's a little damp. So, oh, but come on. You're not going to so. give him the, 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 the basement? <laughs> the, You're cruel no one soul. touches the basement now. That's the big screen TV. So so the plan really, and, and it has to consist of of understanding your risk and, and your, your, your tolerance thereof. Which most people don't know. That's why we have the free risk quiz. That's why you build a plan that says, here's how much risk you need to take rather than sort of waking up one day and saying, well, I don't want to be in the market anymore because stocks are going down, which we know stocks aren't going down. Stocks have gone down. So, but let's talk about some of the, yeah, let's talk about some of the goals just a little bit, because again, I think it's short term and long term. For most people, most, not all, you got to have both and you got to write down what those goals are. Here's number two. I think if you're 30, because people ask me this all the time about their kids, how much should they have saved at retirement at age 60? I have no idea because people think, well, I got to have this much at 30, this much at 40, this much at 50. I think that's silly because I think it sets you up for failure because then you get to 40 and say, well, I don't have enough. And by the way, I didn't have enough at 50 to retire at 60. No, neither of us did. I know. So we were in <clears throat> a tough spot, but it worked out because of things we did in business. I mean, all those, because things can change, but the idea of at least having a goal of retiring at a certain age. And we have said this. To, to you, when you ask us, you know, I'm in my 50s. I don't have much money saved. Well, the reality is you're not going to be any better off if you don't make the change you need to make now. You need to make some sort of a change in the way you behave financially or you won't enjoy your retirement. You just won't. You're going to live on Social Security and very little else. Which kind of miserable is not a great existence. Number three, by the way, for me, again, is always put off. And I think the article does this well. Put off those snap decisions about investing in something today. That's the cart. You got to have the horse, right? In other words, you got to have the plan first before you get into, should I invest in stock? Should I invest in bonds? Should it be real estate? All those things, those are way down the road. Those are instruments to fund your goal. So know what you're trying to do. Have the plan. Yeah, it can be a little boring. It's not exciting. Don used to chide me when I said we should run ads for 
telling people they need a financial plan. He's, Nobody wants, well, he wakes up in the morning, wants to get a financial plan because no. that is boring. No, what dull. I want to do is I want you to put me in the 10 stocks. They're going to make me 25% a year. That's what the exciting part Which, is. Which if we told you we could do would propel us to the top of the podcast rankings in America. It really would. That's if true. If we pandered to you and we gave you exactly what you want, which is to be told what to do. If we did that, we would we would be massively successful, ridiculously wealthy, and we'd be lying, which is what so much of the investment community does. One more thing I want to add about the not no not setting a, a money goal, but setting a lifestyle goal is that gives you allows you to be flexible. For example, we've got a lot of people in this country retiring tons and tons and tons. Do you have to retire at 65? Do you? Well, and as you point out, do you have a purpose after you retire? Because that's another yeah. thing. We know, for example, and this is morbid, but we know the suicide rate of men over there in their 70s is the highest suicide rate of any age uh, age uh, uh, in America. I mean, it's horrible because people get a lot of times after they quit. What is your purpose? You're not supplying the bread anymore. You already did that. That's been set aside. What is your purpose in life? So you got to find that. You got to know that before retirement. And we're in a different age now too, that if you didn't meet your retirement goals, you're not to the amount of money you want. We have in this society today, in our country, in the world, an incredible array of extra income earning options that you can semi-retire. So there's all this flexibility. You can have. It's not like the days of my grandfather, my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather was a roughneck on the oil wells in West, West Texas. That's back-breaking work. My grandfather was a union carpenter working giant construction projects. Back-breaking work. I know there's still a number of people who do that, but in the United States today, the vast majority of jobs are service-oriented jobs, are brain jobs, and well, while they may be mentally draining, they're not as physically debilitating. So and, keep and your options open. There's yeah. a lot of flexibility there. Number two, if you're trying to uh, sort of close the gap between retirement and Medicare, there's a lot of those part-time jobs that have health care benefits, which is really important because that's a major part of retirement funding that often people forget about. So that's a very good point, Don. But again, I think for most people, they get excited because they have some money. They got to go do something with it, but they should have first this answer the question, what's the vision? What's the goal? Then you could get into how am I going to invest that money? That's the big and mistake. If, if you wonder why we're always, when you ask those kind of questions, we're going, why are you asking us to tell you what to do with your money? That's not the right question. But we've got those. We get those. All right. We go get ahead. called in all the time at 855-935-TALK. And we get them written in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And that's where we're going right now. And let's see. To whom, to whom shall we go? Uh, let's try... Uh, no, I don't like that one. I'll go to that one later. Oh uh, yeah. That one's, uh, okay. We'll do this one. It's longer, but it's not bad. I have a portfolio. Uh, I'm sorry. I have a question about which funds to choose in my 403B small cap and emerging markets. I have access to the following funds. Wow. You have a good 403B. A lot of funds. That's nice. They're looking for small cap and emerging markets for their portfolio. Okay. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Listen to their choices. Vanguard Small Cap Index, BSCPX. Good fund. DFA US Target Value. Better fund. D-F-F-B-X. Small value. That's that's a Vanguard fund. Emerging Markets. Good fund. DFA Emerging Markets Value. I would pick that one over the Vanguard Fund. Wow. I hear you talk about the long-term benefits of small and value. Given the higher fees of DFA, and they are substantially higher, by the way, the DFA Target Value Fund is 33 basis points, 0.3%. Yeah. The Vanguard is 0.1%, 10 basis points. Okay. For the emerging markets, the Vanguard is 10 basis points. The DFA is... 0.56, 56 basis points. So what do you think? I'm, I would am I overthinking pick- this or I would would I be better off in the Vanguard fund? Thanks mm. for your help. A, I think you're overthinking about it. what the difference this will make in your whole portfolio over a long period of time. It'll be at the fringes, but I would still pick the two DFA funds because again, you're going to have more, it's going to be smaller, small. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more value tilt, uh, especially with the emerging markets and the targeted value fund, those are great funds, have been great funds. I would pick those even with the higher expense ratio. Because, and the reason why he's saying that is because of the higher potential return. When you go to small cap and you go to value and you go to emerging, you're moving into those because they are riskier assets anyway. So you're expecting a lot more risk, a lot more volatility. And what Tom is saying is there's a ton of evidence to support the fact that smaller, small, value or value is better or, or, or has has been better has been, has yeah. been better we By don't the know way, how if you really want if you wanted no, to we'll hedge be. your bets i yeah. here's the way i would do it i would buy pick all the, four no i would you could do that i would pick the targeted uh value uh the uh, dfa small and then pick the uh because it is quite a bit cheaper on the emerging market side just pick yeah, the vanguard emerging market the vanguard emerging so i think that's good advice actually split your bets a little bit there but those are all, all right. very very fine funds don correctly points out that's a great plan wow I mean, that's something you don't see very often I, I honestly i don't think i've ever seen a 403b <laughs> that good whoever your employer is i applaud them yeah i would i mean wow so they apparently don't have the insurance guy waiting in the lunchroom apparently for you this year. not. Good. All right. I have a, well, is this a question? Yeah, <laughs> this is a comment. Uh-oh. All right. No. We, okay. This is in reference to a call we took about a week ago. Uh, and uh, it says, this is in regard to the son who said he had power of attorney for his 90-year-old mom. I'll take him at his word and believe that one, his mother's 90. Two, all expenses are covered. And three, the $100,000 or so she had isn't really needed. I kind of vaguely remember this call or this question. I think it was a written in one. I don't know if it was written or a call. They blur together. My advice, ready? Here's his advice. My advice would have been to tell the mother to go on vacation. Maybe a new car or a new stove. Go out and have a blast. She would enjoy her. She should enjoy her rewards. Shameful. That you basically told the son to keep the money safe so he could eventually inherit it after his dead mother is discovered in the cellar. Did we say that? that? I don't remember anything about a mom in a cellar, but I will say this about that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know as people get older, we're among them. Yeah. They tend to get a little more conservative about many things, including their money. And yep. number two, we know people in their 90s, they face this thing 
for the most part, called the Great Depression, which made them even more conservative about their money. My own mother, God bless her. I used to beg her to spend her money. And honestly, towards the end of her life, I couldn't get her to buy a new toaster. I was like, mom, you can afford. No, can't afford it. Okay. So my guess is in this case, son aside, it would have been hard to get the mom to go buy. I mean, I don't know. A 90 years, 90 year old should be buying a new car anyway. No offense to you 90 year olds who are great Uh, drivers. Good good point. Good point. Unless it's self-driving. Self-driving. So don't call me and get all mad. I'm 93 and I drive. Okay, great. Don't drive in my neighborhood. But, and and the trip thing, a lot of 90 year olds don't like to go on trips either. Just saying. So I got to tell you, my mom is 80. My mom is 85. And uh, she 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 won't even travel down here to Florida. She's just traveling is uncomfortable for yeah, her. Right. It scares her. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather it, just stay in my place. I'd rather just stay yep. in my apartment. I know. You know I know she, everything. Yeah. She wants for nothing. She has enough money for the rest of her life and she's happy. So, you know, I'm not saying, hey, mom, don't spend your money so I can inherit it all because, no, I would like her to spend as much as she can. Sure. But, you know, she's also thinking about the fact that I may not need it. But what if I need it? There's a lot of what ifs. And there are. I mean, and so anyway, back to the question. Now that I remember, that was part of the reason for our answer for that hundred grand is that, you know, keep it for what ifs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I guess we're never suggesting just take the money and plan on it for yourself because we do think people should spend their own money. It oftentimes is hard to get people of that age to go out and spend it on something that they may consider frivolous car, travel, et cetera. I'd put it that way. If you need help with your money, you can always call us with your questions at 855-935-TALK, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave your question. Or you can send it in or speak it in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. Or if you have a big one. The a big, big one. one. A the big, big question. question. Oh, you, you don't like your entire portfolio question. You're like, okay, I got this. And I got this. And I got this. And I don't want you to do that. And I really don't know what my plan should be. Because remember, we talked about the plan thing. Well, yeah, the a plan thing and of the portfolio thing. For some oh. reason, we got a lot of people this last couple of weeks who said, I want a second opinion on my portfolio. And no offense. We've looked at the portfolios. They're generally not very well balanced. And people are paying a ton of money for them. And like, well, why are you giving away 1% plus on the the funds in your portfolio because they don't know any difference. Oh, it's hard to look at. Truly, so, most people do not know what we know, which is why it is so important. And I know it's hard to find somebody to give you a second opinion, and that's why many, many years ago, Tom and I decided to be the second opinion. We have fee-only fiduciary advisors who Tom has beaten into submission <laughs> and forced to work for free. It, yeah, it's, wouldn't that it's, be it's nice? It's investment advisor slavery. No, it's not. <laughs> it's indentured of, speaking servitude. Of the, speaking of the basement, yeah, they're locked up. Yeah, down it's there indentured servitude. He makes them help oh, you. But part of our practice is, and we built I'm this kidding. from the beginning. We said we were going to build it around education. We're going to help yeah, yeah. every person who mm-hmm. walks in the door, and it doesn't matter if you got one million dollars or one dollar. I don't care. We're going to make and you that's better. not BS. That's, That's the BS. honest We've to God truth. We don't sell that. annuities. We don't nope. sell commission products. We don't. Um, we 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 don't even charge you for the meeting if you want to meet with us for a little while. If you want to meet with us several times, please become a client. Um, but otherwise, and you're not going to get a pitch. You're not going to get this. And like, here's oh, the nice gosh, thing. I wish I hadn't gone to that timeshare sales pitch investory. On the portfolios, we have this terrific software where we put all of your stuff in there, and it tells us. How diversified, 
you are, how much risk you're taking, how much you are paying for the pleasure of owning that portfolio actually even gets into how much the distribution, I mean, how much the income, all, it's very sophisticated, but those are things you should know about the money that is yours. And occasionally the computer will give it to you himself. We call him Andrew, the Android. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and Andrew is, and, and he looks very human, but actually he looks a little too good to be human. I would agree you with know? that. Yeah. yeah. He too, looks a little too good. Little so too you perfect. know that he can't be real. Yeah. Mm, so okay. therefore, you know, you can, might meet with Andrew, the Android. Oh, he's going to kick me across <laughs> the room, that, isn't he? If he hears this, you're if, in big trouble. If he trouble, hears sir. this, I'm his. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you could go you can go right online and make an appointment <laughs> yeah, with an advisor sure. at your time, whatever time that convenience. is. Yeah, it's vestry.com. Type in Andrew right the Android. <laughs> See what comes up. I don't want to no, know. That's go to vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page. Scroll, scroll. Down there, there. Yep. That's where it I is. I see right it there. now. You see it? Okay, got it. Okay. Yep. Scroll down there and then uh, you can set up an appointment. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put Android video. No, don't I do am. that. I am going to do it. I am. I'm going to do it. Oh, boy. You're can, just making can you, yourself can, more popular. Can Can you give me some video of, of Andrew? No, just I come can't. On. I when cannot you go to the office, do it. Give me a little. Not going to happen. And I'll make him do this. I'll <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, not going to happen. I think we should end the video cast. I think the combo right. cast, as we call it. And then we'll do another for another day. Thank you all so much for being there. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your enemies. Come on, help out your enemies. Who knows? It could change the relationship. They may go, how can we be enemies when you helped us improve our life by turning us on to Tom and Don? Thank you so much. <laughs> or not. Is the acting class helping? It's eh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I could see you on uh, you know, one of the daytime programs. What are those things called? You know, something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying. Can oh, we get through all right. the rest of this or not? Thanks right. for being a part of our little program. God help hey. us. <laughs> Take good care of yourselves. That's Tom. I'm done. Weeping and talking real money. <laughs> you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?